feel like there's something about the more volatile the relationship and the more, you know, uncertainty there might be, the higher the chemistry, because you kind of don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. There's a lot of attachment theory work around chemistry. They say that the partner that we have the most chemistry with, first off the bat, is probably the wrong partner for us. Hello and welcome to the Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanov, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous, they stay in the vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined with Aaliyah, a sexologist from Great Sexpectations. We've actually had Aaliyah on the podcast before. So welcome back, Aaliyah. Thank you for having me back. It's so good. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Look, we actually got a caller who called in um, talking all things The Spark. And uh, funnily enough, you came to mind as someone that might be able to discuss this further because I think it's so relevant to so many of us out there. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to cut straight to the caller's audio. Hi, Leonie. I'm in the early years of marriage with very young kids and I've lost the spark with my husband. Is this normal? Does it come back? There is still a lot of love there. And I guess I would like to know if this is something that can be fixed. Look, Ali, I think this is something that is so relevant to probably all of us, right? I mean, you're a mother mm-hmm. yourself. You're in a, you, you know, um, in a long-term relationship similar to myself, and it's certainly not the same as when you go on that first date and it's all <laughs> shebang with the feel, the feels, and the butterflies and all of that. How would you interpret? Like, how would you define the spark? Yeah, there are so many ways that the spark has been defined in research. And I think one of the most common ones is referred to as limerence. So have you heard of that term before? So limerence is essentially the honeymoon period, basically. And scientific researchers have basically said that it can last from 18 months to two years. And then after that, the honeymoon period officially ends. Now, this doesn't happen for all couples, but for most, it does, you know, because after about two years, you know, you'll tend to move in together. You know, everything won't be as exciting as it once was. It's becoming a lot more familiar for you. And then if you throw kids in, if you throw life pressures such as work, such as, I don't know, family, grief, things like that, that can all impact on the spark. And so um, I think what happens is, you know, we're so used to the spark being the thing that gets us into a relationship and, you know, gets us into the moving in period. And then after that, when it dissipates, you're like, well, well do I actually like this person? We don't have a spark anymore. What's going on? Um, is there something wrong with our relationship? Because it disappears. And then that's when a lot of couples will tend to break up, um, you know, when those massive life changes happen in compar- or in conjunction with losing the spark. So, um that's probably one of the most common ways that we define the spark. But then other ways, it's like chemistry, really. That's what people, um, you might hear that term thrown around, chemistry. So that's another one too. 
It's a really interesting one. And just touching on chemistry, I know from experience and from listening to friends talk about their relationships, I feel like there's something about the more volatile the relationship and the more, you know, uncertainty there might be, the higher the chemistry, because you kind of don't know what you're going to get. It's like a box of chocolates. Like, have you noticed that as well with the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's a lot of attachment theory work around chemistry. And, you know, they say that the partner that we have the most chemistry with first off the bat is probably the wrong partner for us because it mirrors your relationship with your caregiver. So relationship with your family um, or your parents, whatever's familiar to you is the one that you'll have the most chemistry with. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the right relationship though. And so, um, you know, it's often the volatile relationship, the one where it's um, nothing certain there's a lot more mystery. Everything's exciting because you don't know whether you're going to have that security, mm. you know. And so that's a really interesting thing that you brought up because a lot of people will say, oh, well, if I don't have the spark, then, you know, it's not the relationship for me. But I try and move past that and say, well, actually, what are you looking for in a relationship? And is there safety and security there? Yeah. Safety and security is the most boring thing, right? We know that our partner's not going to leave us. Yes. So we're like, oh, great. I'm safe, I'm secure, but that's so not sexy. Yes, it's so true. And if I think about sort of previous relationships versus my current one, so my current husband, um, my current husband, hopefully my forever husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Not your previous one, your current one. <laughs> The one that I've got right now, um, he um, was actually my very first boyfriend and I broke up with him after four years. So I was 20 when we met, broke up after four yeah. years because I was like, he's so safe. He's so secure. He's so nice. You know, I want someone to treat me like crap so I can compare it. You know, so yeah. I went into you want that another, excitement. the excitement and it yeah. was exciting in its own right, but it wasn't the volatility. And then I went into a relationship that was so volatile and I was so excited and I was so convinced that this was going to be the person for me. The chemistry was very high, but I felt completely insecure most days of the week. And then I had the rose-coloured glasses on. This guy ends up dumping me, which was the first time I'd ever been dumped. And funnily enough, that made me really reassess like, okay, well, what's my most important here? And, you know, do am I really craving that chemistry? And is there longevity with that sort of feeling? Funnily yeah. enough, you know, seven years down the track, I meet my, you know, now husband, Jules, um, and we rekindle and all of a sudden I saw the relationship in a different light. I was like, yeah. it's actually quite sexy to, to feel safe, to feel wanted, to feel secure. Yeah. But I couldn't, I didn't have anything comp- to compare it to eight years earlier. So it's interesting. Uh, would I say that I have the most spark with him versus all of my other relationships? No. Was there spark at the start? Yes. Was it the highest spark I ever had? No. However, mm. as you, said, you look at the other things that you value in life and then, you know, you sort of go with that. I don't know. Does that sound relatable? Absolutely. Even for myself, I think you know, it is hard to put things in perspective. And what you did by ending your relationship to go and see something else, I think that is a really smart idea because you know it allowed you to see all the different things out there, relationships, and the qualities that you want in those relationships. And now you feel so secure in your relationship and you know that this is the right one for you. A lot of people don't necessarily have that opportunity to break up from their partner and then come back. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, that's why it is challenging to trust in that because you don't have the spark anymore. It doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong with your relationship, even though it feels a bit boring right now. Oh. Um, 
but it's just reframing and it's just trying to get a different perspective whilst in your relationship and understand that everything is a season. Okay. It doesn't mean that you can't get out of it. It just means that you're in a certain season right now and that's okay. You're not in the season of going out for brunches on a Sunday and then where are we going to no. eat on a Friday night and, you know, which wine bar are we going to go to, you know? Oh, my God, yes. And I'm in that stage right now as well. My, you know, I have a toddler and we only just did sleep training. So it's just been, you know, she is being consumed by me, I've been consumed by her, and then my poor partner's been left to the side and I'm experiencing it as well. So I understand, you know, those mothers, those parents who are in long-term relationships who have been, um, you know, touched my children, which is such a blessing. But at the same time, it can wreak havoc on your relationship. And, you know, that's normal. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say that making the time for each other wherever you can is the sort of the first step in trying to rekindle, I guess, that spark? Or can you ever really get it back? What are your thoughts? I think you can, but it's going to be different to what it was in the first, you know, 18 months to two years of your relationship when you're in that honeymoon period. And that's okay because it's different now, all right? And yes, making time for each other to have with our children is really important, but that does look different and it can be difficult to juggle. And I think let's just start really realistic. Is it, you know, five minutes at the end of the day to just regroup, to discuss how your day is without your phones, you know, not watching Netflix on the couch together or having dinner together, um, and just reconnecting. But, you know, I think date night is one of the things that is so challenging because when you're tired, when you have kids, it's really hard to go on a date night mm. um, or to have, you know, childcare even. So try and plan a date lunch if you can. Um, I recommend that. Just having, you know, an hour, it only needs to be an hour and just reconnect mm. um, and just talk. Talk about where you're both at. Talk about what you want in a relationship. Talk about all the things that you want to do to have fun. Because I think having fun together as well naturally brings that spark back. It brings you back to those early days, you know, when you were doing fun date things, trying to get to know each other. Get to know each other in a different way now, but, you know, it's still new and it still can be exciting. Mm, and I think that's the beauty of, you know, when there aren't any children, if you're fortunate enough to have an opportunity to carve out that time with your partner, without the kids, um, that's when I think I really feel the most like, oh, like, hey, you, like, I remember mm. what it was like dating you, like, way back when, because now we're not the parents, yeah. now we're just each other, and we're just kind of yeah. just back to basics, and, and I love that. You touched on uh, technology, and I think that's a mm. really interesting point, because in the, this day and age, we often fall in a heap after a long day's, you know, work, into our phones, mm -hmm. everyone's catching up on the news, Instagram, blah, 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 and I feel like perhaps it's, you know, impacting our ability to connect more and more than other generations. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on technology in relationships? I, yeah, I, I definitely think that there needs to be boundaries around technology, and can you, you know, if you are wanting to carve out that time, you put the kids to bed, you come home and your partner's on the couch scrolling or your partner's got Netflix lined up, you know, just, just say, hey, can we just take a break or can we have a technology-free night tonight? Or maybe you have a discussion, you know, during the day, oh, tonight, you know, can we play a board game? Or tonight, can we cook dinner together with music? Mm -hmm. You know, I think technology does eat into a lot of the time that we can be spending connecting with each other but we're so exhausted that we just want to tune out, right, and disconnect from our daily lives because it's resting for me. I'm the same. I, I, you know, I just get on the couch and I just want to scroll or I just want to watch TV and I don't want to have to think about 
you know, what I'm going to have to cook for dinner tomorrow night and the rest of the day. It's exhausting. So yeah. it is about having those boundaries and communicating them with your partner and see how your partner feels about it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And what I'm hearing there is it, it it's really a conscious effort with a lot of these things. I mean, relationships yeah. work and it's not probably going to feel overly natural to be like, hey, phones down, let's look at each other in each other's eyes and have a conversation or whatever, you know, it's an action. It's yeah. an active decision as a couple. And I think that's really great. And it's really good for, you know, those listening as well to be mindful of, okay, well, where can we carve out the time um, to do yeah. things like that? Uh, I'm curious as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on how the early years of parenting are really tough and I'm sure it mm. continues to be a challenge as you continue on and it's just like your new normal and I think but I think particularly the early years that can be quite mm. jarring because you've gone from the two of you and lots of time together to oh my gosh I have no time for anyone but this little thing so I'm just curious how do people know if they've just lost the spark i.e this call up we've lost the spark does it come back you know and I, you know mm. can we fix it versus those who go our relationship I think it's over I don't love any love him anymore and I think we're done there's no spark and you know and I say that because I've had other callers for um other vault episodes that um who have said look you know I've been with my partner now for 10 years and I feel like we've fallen out of love so you know losing spark versus falling out of love what are your sort of tips around those two I think you know, try and repair the relationship where you can. And if you're even your partner on different pages or you're not wanting to even repair the relationship, that's a pretty good indicator that yeah. it might not be the relationship for you long term. Or maybe you need to take a break, mm. get some distance from the relationship and see where you're at. Mm. Um, because sometimes a little bit of distance can give us that perspective as well. It's like if you're looking at a tree and you're right here, all you can see is the trunk. And then if you step back, you get the whole tree. It's kind of just... Even for desire and chemistry, you know, sometimes you need that space and you need to remove yourself. Look after you, figure out where you're at and then re-enter the relationship and you're going to be such a better parent, you're going to be such a better partner and it's just going to give you that, I guess, clarity about what you want in a relationship and does that still serve you in your current one? Yeah, I think that's great. I think, you know, talking about those tips, so we've just said, you know, obviously taking the time, carving out the time to communicate, perhaps phones down and those sort of things. Mm. How else can we sort of spice things up and get that spark back? Any other recommendations? Scheduling date nights or scheduling sex is one of the one one of the ones that gets a lot of controversy around it because they're like, oh, it's so not sexy. But then I try and reframe it. Like, if you're having an affair, which is like the most sexy thing, <laughs> you're scheduling time to see that person. You're not spontaneously meeting up with them and having sex, right? Yeah. You are scheduling, all right, we're going to meet here and we're going to do this and it's going to be super fun. And you look forward to it and you get excited about it. And then you're like, great. And then you go there and you have such a great time. It's exactly the same thing, but we just haven't reframed it that way. Mm. And so much of it is to do with our mind and our mindset around our relationship, right? Again, it's familiar, it's secure. We know that they're there and they're not going to leave us. Mm. Um, so it doesn't feel sexy. Mm. But I think it is important to remind everyone that no one belongs to you. Mm. They can leave if they want to. And knowing that I think is sexy in itself, that, you know, they choose to be there with you. It's not like they're forced. Mm. Um, so schedule in time. And look forward to it and build anticipation around it. And it doesn't have to be sex. It can be, you know, going to see a gig. It can be having a lunch date. It can be doing an activity together. I don't know. 
I like playing pool with my partner because it's fun. It's a game, <laughs> but it can kind of be a little bit flirty and stuff. Yeah. Um, so something like that as well. Just figure out what you used to do when you used to date and try and recreate that, but in a different way because you've got kids now. So it's hard to, yes. hard to put it all in. Yeah, and I love that. It's so true. Like half the time, think about your first date with someone or the second or third date. It's the build-up more than anything. Mm. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to yeah. see him. What am I going to wear? Da, da, da. You yeah. know, as you're, what you're saying here is like let's try to get that build-up back because that's probably half of it too. I mean, would you yeah. say? Yeah. The anticipation is just it's so fun, particularly when you do first start dating or when you are, and I'm not advocating for affairs, but you do think about it that way. They're scheduled yeah. and they're not boring. They're fun yeah. and exciting. So we just yeah. need to try and flip it on its head. Yeah. And I guess if we're sort of thinking about the motivation piece around, you know, parents sitting there going, yeah, 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 cool. But maybe that can be like next year's goal, right? Like at the moment, I'm just like really swamped. The spark's not there, but that's okay. We're just going to trudge along because oh, I can't manage anything more on my bucket at the moment. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of couples come to you, right? And they come to you and say like probably similar things to this or I'm not feeling sexual or whatever it looks like. Why do you think it's so important um, to prioritise, you know, getting that spark back or really sort of maintaining the relationship? It might sound obvious, but I, I think it's good to kind of circle. No, I think it's really important. I think, you know, a lot of people think that the spark is sort of a sexual chemistry or sex and it doesn't have to be sexual or anything like that I think it's more intimacy and that can include emotional intimacy as well so you know feeling connected with your partner doesn't have to be let's prioritize physical intimacy it can be let's prioritize emotional intimacy reconnecting how we're both feeling and then be physical but it doesn't have to be sex it could be having a spoon session in bed or it could be having a shower together or it could be I don't know Lie, like getting a foot massage while you're watching TV. It can be really, really low-key stuff, but doing those things separate you from your housemate mm. into a relationship. And I think that having those differentiating qualities remind you that you are in a relationship. There's love there, there's support there. And while your bucket is full right now and you can't think about anything else, it does mean that when you do come back to it later down the track, you're not starting from the ground up. You do have those foundations there. I think that's really important because... You give your child so much love, so much attention, so much affection, and then if you neglect your relationship, it is really challenging. And I get the touched out feeling, right? But it is just trying to make that conscious effort of just giving your partner a hug or giving them a kiss goodbye or a kiss goodnight. Just something little to differentiate between a friend and your partner. Yeah, 100%. And it's... um great for your kids to see too, right? Yeah. Like for them to see... So like, true. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that would be modeling healthy relationships, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I mean, what you just said then as well around it's in, the longer you let it go, the longer you don't do those things, it probably becomes harder to fall back into that habit, yeah. right? And you you kind of don't want to wait until, you know, there's the big explosion and you both have to come and sit at the table and really have this discussion. Yeah. I think just, as you said, like these little actions, like the kiss goodbye, the kiss hello, the, you know, the touch on the shoulder or whatever it looks like, you're sort of continuing to maintain that level of connection, mm-hmm. um, you know, out, you know, versus a roommate. Uh, you know, your connection yeah. with your partner. So, and compliments, I think, is a really good one um, yes. that a lot of people don't really think about. You know, yeah. and 
it doesn't have to be like, oh, you look great today. It could literally be, oh, you handled that bedtime routine really well. Or, you know, I really love the way that you did this today. You know, it it really made me appreciate you. Something like that. I think just letting your partner know that you care about them and that you appreciate them is really important. Oh, I think that's a huge one. If you don't have that respect there, it Mm. is really hard to get the spark back or it is really hard to repair a relationship. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And you can, resentment can build because Mm. for a lot of us, you know, we feel like we're doing it all and, you know, everyone with relationships probably with children probably feel like they're doing it all. And it is nice to feel recognized for that. Otherwise the silence can sort of potentially breed an expectation. Like I remember, you know, Jules would come home from work. I've just managed to put dinner on the table. You know, the kids are fed and, and all of a sudden, and he just sort of swagger on in, sit down and start eating. And I'm like, thank me damn it for Mm. your meal (laughs) yeah oh well you know obviously I'm not saying anything so like I am grateful I'm like no no no, mate I don't get you need to say it because yeah resentment did start building because I'm like is this just an expectation for you and now I'm feeling ungrateful you know are you just ungrateful or you know absolutely and yeah it is all about communication and that sounds like a broken record but you know communicate how you're feeling and if you do want to try a compliment rule, you know, say, you know, let's just try and tell each other one thing that we're really grateful for in, in you know, in how we handle our day or, or something that we appreciate each other does. Mm. You know, I think that's really important so that the resentment doesn't build because I completely hear what you're saying, mm. especially as the, you know, primary caregiver. Mm. It's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, big time. So for that person who called in, hopefully we've been able to provide a few tips uh, tips and tricks. Uh, You know, fundamentally what you're experiencing is so normal. We have all experienced that too. And it sounds Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just like these little baby steps that can really help you get the spark back. Uh, Aaliyah, any sort of final comments to this particular caller? Yeah, I think, you know, if you feel like you can't do it alone, there is help out there. You know, there's no shame in going to see a couple therapist, a counsellor, a sexologist to try and work on reconnecting together with someone else because sometimes you need that impartial third party there, almost like an adjudicator or an umpire there um, just to help you through it and that's okay. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to round out, how can people find out more about you and your work? Yes, so um, my Instagram is at great.sexpectations and then I also work at the Australian Institute of Sexology and Sexual Medicine as well, so aissm.com.au. Amazing. I'll pop those details in the episode notes. Thank you so much again, Aaliyah. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. Thanks for listening. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging.